Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this uh, fine little radio program, the world-famous Smoking and Toasting. Hi, Mom. Uh, we are uh, all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, and we're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, BB Italia on Memorial in Houston, and BB Lemon on Washington Ave and the Annie Cafe and Bar on Post Oak Boulevard in Houston, all owned by the same fine restaurateurs and bar owners and managers and they do great work, and um, they're all wonderful places to eat and hang out. And you have, are so good at drinks. running that down. Have you ever uh, thought about having a career in radio, Chris? Oh, man, there are no careers in radio. I don't know what <laughs> not anymore, about. right? There used to be, but not anymore. Uh, Ian, <laughs> welcome. It's show number 175. You do realize that we're halfway to 200 We're now, halfway right? to 200. Halfway it's, to 200. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. Uh, welcome to the show. As uh, you probably noticed, uh, new and different intro music today, and uh, so I'm not sure if that should be our intro music or not. We've picked out several that we'll try across the next couple of weeks, and then we'll see maybe what we you know what we liked the best, what we thought was was the best to stay. But we'll have right. also all new bumper music. Too, also, we... so we're looking for uh, uh, music from people that we know, right? Uh, people, or people or, that own the masters, own the or, masters, or, and can give us permission to use it. So we're right. going to change this up a little bit. So we're locals becoming, are great. If you guys know anybody, or if you are somebody, and you have music you'd like to submit, please uh, uh, email it to us. Yes, and you can send it to cruise that c r u z e at r f c media dot com. And um, what we're trying to do is become compliant here because uh, for years it's been okay for. Um, podcasters or you know people who are doing little streams or whatever to use like a little snippet just like if you go on Amazon and you're trying out a track right, they let to you see if you want to buy seconds. it you can listen to 30 seconds of it and uh, uh, but that's becoming less and less a thing that people are comfortable with and I mentioned this last week we've been invited to join a podcast network and they have a real sensitivity about that so I was like okay well cool we'll uh, and we'll reveal more info about that network uh coming up in a couple of future shows, but um, basically what it means is that we uh, had to change the music to stuff that we know we've got permission on. So I will say, I missed The Clash, because that, yeah. that just seemed like the right intro music. Yes. But, but you know, we had it 175 times. Yes, we did. So yes, we did. it's okay, I think, to change it once in a while. Plus, we had it all the way to, you know, the halfway to 200 points. Yep. So, uh, Plus, we always start the show with John Egan doing our uh, theme song, which is pretty amazing. Which he did for us. And you were yes. you were responsible for helping to write that. Yes, my uh, uh, buddy of mine helped me uh, write that. We kind of co-wrote that, and he... Um, he arranged like he's one of those guys who's just like let's go get it done now kind of guys. Yeah, like me, I, I, I went over, we did a songwriting session, we decided okay, this was it, and he's like, well, who do we want to do? I was like, John Egan. I mean, because yeah, he sounds John great. Egan. He sounds he's perfect you know? <laughs> because John Egan. Yeah, yeah, because I just love that guy. And um, and it was so funny because he calls me the next night. Like he didn't care that I had anything else planned or anything. He's like, okay, so listen, we're gonna be in Paul BB Studio. BB Gun Studio, like tonight. Can you make it by? Like he didn't even care if I'm there at this point. Right? <laughs> like, can you make just it by? Getting it done. He's I like, love get it. it done. And we were out the next day with it. it was pretty awesome. Well, it's it's so great. I love it, and uh, we are you know thrilled, obviously, to have 
uh, a talent like John doing our theme song. Yes. That's uh, that's just that's just awesome. So, so Ian, show number one hundred and seventy-five today. We'll be dealing with the new list from RateBeer.com of the best breweries in the world, and I think we will agree with some of their choices. I think we might not necessarily disagree that some of the breweries on the list shouldn't be there, but I'm gonna do a little spoiler alert here. There are no breweries from Texas or Louisiana on this list. And being in Houston, obviously we're familiar with a lot of Texas breweries, and we're obviously very close to Louisiana, so we're familiar with some Louisiana breweries as well. So, yeah. uh, And I think some of them are very good, and so what I thought we would do to augment this list is uh, I've made a list of my, just like right now, at this moment in time, my five favorite breweries, just personal favorites. Oh, I have a list of that myself. And you have a list as well. I so do. one of the things we want to do, and we'll go ahead and put this out now, if you're watching the show on uh, Facebook Live and you can jump in on the comments, please tell us your five favorite breweries, and we'll share those uh, throughout the show if anybody does that as well. I think you got to think at least Wiki Brian would have five favorite breweries. You, yeah, and he's on. I can see him on here <laughs> okay, right good, now. Good, good. Uh, five yeah, favorite see. breweries. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you guys put up a list. On there, we're gonna uh, we're gonna shout them out when we see them uh, speaking, pop up here. Speaking of the comments, whenever I share the show on Facebook when we start, I always try to type in something like "Here we go" or "Time for the show" or something. So today I went to type um, "S and T time, my friends." But you know how sometimes you're the trying to correct. Yeah, you're trying to like you're misspelled something. You're trying to go back and correct it, and you hit the wrong button. So I wound up sending "S and T time, my fro." My froze. <laughs> uh, so you're I you're all my froze. Yeah, you're all my froze, and 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 you're good froze, and I appreciate your 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 fro ship <laughs> over the years. Um, so a lot of good things going on today. We're going to be doing some great tasting. You may have seen on Mister Twirly Gig when the show uh, was about to start the Joel Ricard Extra Añejo Tequila from Mexico. We'll be tasting some extra. That bottle today. looks very fancy. It looks it's very fancy, fancy tequila. Yeah, it looks very fancy, and I'm excited about tasting that. Uh, plus. Some interesting beers from in our, from our hometown of Houston, Texas. Uh, Spindle Tap Breweries Calavera Lager. It's a Vienna style lager, even though it's got and you'll see this can in a little bit, but it's got uh, a sort of a Day of the Dead look to the can, and so it's it doesn't look like it's Vienna style. It looks more nice. like it's I like maybe a Mexican lager. Quite a few of the Spindle Tap beers. Well, those uh, guys, they you know they came in here, and I I don't think I'd tried any of their beers before they came in mm-hmm. here, and their Honey Hole has become one that I get. Anytime I uh, see it, and I am I am a very regular customer of theirs because they have their five percent tent yes, IPA, the 5% which is tent one of is the best good. low calorie, low ABV uh, beers of any style that I've come across. I absolutely love it, and that's a that's a regular in my yeah. fridge. Uh, so anyway, so like those guys, uh, we'll try the Calavera Lager. I've not tried it, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, uh, speaking of uh, IPAs. Adroit Theory, which is a uh, a really great brewery out of Virginia, Ventil, Virginia, um, they have an Imperial IPA called We Interrupt This Program, and we'll be bringing nice. you, uh, we'll interrupt our program to taste that. Uh, and then, and I thought of you, uh, actually, when I uh, picked this one out for this week, uh, Boulevard Brewing Company, great brewery. We I like, have had you know, I like all a things Boulevard number brewing, yes. of their beers on here before. Uh, we'll, we'll be tasting their Plaid Habit. It's a Canadian whiskey barrel aged brown ale. 
And so we're looking forward to that. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it does. And those guys are out of Kansas City, Missouri, so uh, where the reigning Super Bowl team lives. I can't wait to hear this, one hundred, this top 100 list. Well, I think it's going to be very interesting, and we'll, we'll like, do like, it. In- I hate to skip ahead to it, but if there's no Texas breweries on there, I swear if they have a bunch of – uh, uh, a bunch of breweries from like nowhere. Well, and and you know, I'm sure it's thick with Portland, Oregon, because that's the <laughs> hippest city in the world, apparently. Uh, but there are some good breweries in Portland that probably deserve to be on there. So, uh, so we'll get to that. Um, I'm just I, saying, if it's like all Oklahoma breweries, I know something's going on. <laughs> well, yeah, gee, I wonder where you might be from. Uh, Want to mention that our uh, thoughts and prayers go out to the employees at. Uh, Molson Coors in Milwaukee. There was a very sad incident there yesterday where a gunman came in, killed five people. He was killed as well uh, at the brewery, at the uh, at the offices there. Police have not yet offered a motive for the shooting. However, what we do know is that the gunman, who is also now deceased, was fired earlier that day. Mm. And so I guess he came back to work and... and uh, you know, took out some of his frustrations wow. in, in the most horrible way, which, by the way, raises a uh, an important point to anyone who is in a business. If you have to let someone go Friday at 4 p.m., that's when you do yes. it. That's when you do it. Like you, you give them time to do a little cool down over the weekend uh, just in case uh, something like that's going to happen. Or you could try to couch it in, uh, you know, ridiculous language like the broadcasters uh, clear channel. Uh, they recently, well, I call them Clear Channel. They're now iHeartRadio because they thought they needed a, a, a name that people didn't hate. Does anyone uh, listen to radio anymore? I'm not sure. Uh, but I will say that when they let uh, uh, like uh, nearly 1,000 people go in January, they didn't call it a firing. They called it, and I'm not making this up, employee dislocation. Employee dis I you know employee I'm sorry for the silence there but dislocation employee dislocation no it it it, it deserves some silence uh, this, what board like <laughs> got together and said hey guys so we it, have this problem it won't sound as bad we don't want to fire right these uh, that's air quotes you hear in my voice yes. right there you we don't want to fire these employees but we do want to dislocate them out of our company right right so that's that's totally different so you can see the guy in the in the uh, room like so. Am I being fired? Oh, no, no, no. You're being dislocated. You're an employee. We're having employee dislocation. Look, you get to go home early. Right, right. And by the way, in what may be the single uncoolest thing a uh, major company has ever done when firing people, there was one particular uh, radio market where they got with the manager and said you need to let this people go, these people go this person this person this person so the the manager had to go through uh, this very tough day of announcing employee dislocation to all of his uh, uh, to his employees Newly dislocated right employees. and then the next day he came in and they dislocated him now that yeah that is like the lowest so, of the low wow. fire all these people today and then you come in tomorrow and go oh yeah you're fired um, 
listen, Cruz, we're going to have to have you move your office <laughs> to the basement. <laughs> but as long as I can mumble down there, it'll be okay. Uh, Steven Root, man, what a great actor he is. And I've seen him in so many other things where he plays a completely different role. Yeah. And he would, we're talking about Office Space, of course. Uh, but he's so great. He's so great in that movie. The smarmy oh one. He's yes. like, he's oh, so, like, he's he just embodies best. it in that. He's just the best. So anyway, our, uh, our hearts go out to those who were affected. It was really a terrible thing in Milwaukee, and and you hear about these things happening. You don't often hear about them happening at a uh, at a brewery. No, you know, breweries so, I think are generally pretty safe places. You would you would think, but uh, uh, who knows? Uh, the best cigar accessories when price is no object. We may have a chance to go Ooh. over that list today, and of course, the best breweries in the world. We'll be getting to that, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, Ian, uh, before we go too much further in the show, uh, two things I wanted do. I want to thank uh, Robert Licorice uh, from Iron Root Republic uh, Spirits. He was here with us last week, brought some incredible, incredible whiskeys. You know, How good were those? Last week I may have left here and gone straight to uh, Austin, mm-hmm. and I was hanging out with a friend that evening, and he's not a whole lot of a whiskey drinker, but I said, you've got to try this. Because you had some of the iron root that you yes, left behind, and, right? And, yep. and half a bottle later. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I crawled off to bed. I was like, I had enough. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Sometimes you have to say it's- It was it's, so good, though. It's bedtime. So uh, so that's what I wanted to thank Robert because he was a great guest and, and brought great whiskey. And then I also wanted to ask if you'd had a chance to smoke anything interesting this week. Now- you're probably aware that I did. Yes. Uh, I think I saw you smoke most of it. You did. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> okay, You good. only missed the tail end of it. So I walked into the uh, Casa earlier today, uh, Casa de Monte Cristo, where I usually go in the mornings and do a, a cigar review. Um, just because it's nice. You know, like I, I just like that whole, I can I can leave my house, I walk in there, I, I pick out a cigar, and then I just go sit down and hang out and enjoy the cigar like because mm-hmm. if i'm at my house we, we even talked about this while we're there if i'm at my house i'm gonna find other things to do while i'm smoking a cigar you know i'm gonna like oh i could tinker on this or i could do that you know right you, there's, you're there's maybe not paying quite as much attention right, right right um so so it's nice to go do that well i i walked in and on their end cap that always has the newest stuff i found a rocky patel number six that's a brand new one from the Rocky. It is Live. brand new, and mm-hmm. I find uh, that I haven't bought a Rocky Patel in a while. As much as I love Rocky Patel cigars, it's just there's so many things out there to try. <clears throat> right. And again, we're going back to a brand that that started me. You know, was one of the pivotal brands that started me smoking cigars. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and uh, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to have this uh, Rocky Patel number six, and I bought two. I wasn't sure which size to. Uh, I bought the uh, the Corona and the um, and the Robusto. Okay. And I wasn't sure which size was going to be better, so I smoked the Corona um, this morning for the review. Uh, Honduran Corojo wrapper, Honduran binder, Honduran and Nicaraguan filler. So Rocky, mostly Honduran Rocky does a there. lot of Honduran tobacco yeah, yeah, in his yeah. uh, in his in his cigars. Uh, light brown in appearance, smooth with some veins, firm uh, overall feel. Looks like really solid construction. It's what you expect from a Rocky Patel. It's a very classic looking cigar. I like the band on it. it was really nice. It's got number six written out as the word number, and then right. six, and it uh, has a little footer there to finish off the look. Uh, I can see really the nice looking. Yeah. yeah, the uh, pre-light sniff on that with earth, was earth toast, a little barnyard, a little hay. Uh, not super fragrant, but nice, really pleasant mm-hmm. kind of uh, earthy smell. The pre-light draw. I used a clip. I got a new lighter and clip. Yes, I know combo. You've, by the way, you've shown it off to me. Uh, 
I have it right here. A in my dozen hand to times, show you, at least. Check this out. But it is very cool. So this is my lighter. All right, show them what it does. Well, it lights cigars. Well, we know that. But show <laughs> okay. the cutter. Part. Well, attach this because I needed a new cutter. I gave my friend uh, my nice uh, metal cutter mm-hmm. when I was in uh, New Orleans a couple weeks ago because he didn't have one. He just had a little cheap plastic one. I was like, well, you got to have a good cutter, you know. Right. So I just went ahead and gave it to him. But I went in uh, uh, the other day to buy uh, a new cutter and I saw this thing. This look how it's thin that gorgeous is. Gorgeous, and it's yeah, this so thing small, will so thin. fit in your pocket so well, and it closes nice and tight, so it won't just flop open. Mm-hmm. And it works just single sided cutter. And what brand is this? This is Zycar. Okay, and it's super. It's even got a little gauge. Let me put it up right up to the camera. See if you can get that. Mm-hmm. It's got a little gauge for your ring gauge size and everything, um, which. I don't know that I need that, but I do like having it. It's still really, really <laughs> yeah, cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, and it works great. And I was looking at it, and Steve over there uh, goes, well, if you like that, you know, uh, he goes, it, it magnetically clips to a lighter that we have there. And I said, what? No. And he showed me the little kit, and it does this. Watch. Click. Oh, that's And just, just fits cool. just, all together just and goes cool. right in my pocket, all as one And unit. then you've always got them both. I'm so happy about that. You should I'm sorry be. I digress on this. Let's go ahead, <laughs> let's go ahead so, and talk about so a cigar. You use that to clip your cigar. Of course I do. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for letting me get to the point. <laughs> All right, so then what happens? <laughs> so once I use my fancy new clip, I use my fancy new lighter to light my cigar. And uh, this um, worked. Yeah, it actually works great, and it's also got a nice big chamber for uh, for fuel so you don't run out real quick. Uh, let's see. The pre-light uh, draw on this was just near effortless, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it was really nice. Uh, the, uh, the, 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 the pre-light... Draw on it gave me uh, notes of leather, hay, earth, some cappuccino, kind of maybe even a little uh, creamy kind of uh, flavors going on. The initial light was smooth. Mm. It's very smooth with a little pepper uh, and coffee going on in it. Nice. Yeah, it, it lit up really smooth. There was no big pepper bomb, but there was definitely pepper present, and then it immediately went into the uh, sweet zone. Nice. Uh, and I mean that because the first flavors that I got right after the initial light were sweet, creamy deliciousness is what I wrote down. Mm-hmm. Uh, nutty with cappuccino and coffee uh, flavors, hints of leather and earth with a little pepper on the finish, just a hint of it. Uh, the second third of this, uh, very toasty uh, and nutty. Flavors, uh, coffee and earth, overall creaminess, finishing with uh, finishing with leather and a touch of pepper, flaky mm-hmm. ash, perfect burn. Nice. Um, absolutely fantastic. Uh, let's see. That's actually John Durbin from the uh, Suffers calling me back. Oh, finally. good, John. We want to use your music. So, if so you yeah, were, we're gonna we're gonna yeah, have to look yeah. him. We're gonna have to call him back. We were using their music, but now we want to do it with. Permission. We want to do it with permission. Yeah, now. right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call him back. Okay, good, good. Uh, let's see the the. Uh, the uh, the leather and a touch of pepper on the uh, finish was really nice. Uh, flaky ash, perfect burn. This thing burned nice. like a laser all the way down. It was really really nice. The last third of this, the pepper ramps up a little bit to the front, but don't don't let that turn you off. This is a solid medium cigar. Okay. It's not a real big cigar. It's not a pepper bomb. It's just those flavors kind of pulled more towards the front. The leather moved up uh, towards the front. Sweet nutty flavors took a little bit of a back seat. The earth and toast on the finish. Uh, was really really nice. It's just it was it was it left 
it, it kind of the, the cigar kind of reversed the flavor profile towards the end. So whereas I had a peppery finish at the beginning of the cigar, I had a sweet toasty finish towards the end of the cigar. Nice. And um and flaky ash, which I've, of course dropped on myself. Of course you um, did. Because it's flaky, and, but perfect burn, like a laser, all the way down nice. to the end of this. You can mm-hmm. see down to the like my fingertips yeah, right there, yeah, and it's I straight across. Um, this cigar cost me eight dollars. Not bad for all that I just said. This cigar cost me eight dollars. It gets a solid six on my price to quality. So, so you get more than you pay for with this cigar. So five means you get exactly what you pay for. You give this a six, which means you wouldn't have been upset if it'd been a couple I, if dollars it was more. Ten dollars, I wouldn't have batted an eye. Nice. I wouldn't nice. even have thought twice about it. Um, Rocky scores again. Classic Rocky Patel, and I put with a Cuban soul because it has that somewhat kind of Cuban esque. Mm-hmm. Uh, flavors to it that soil and and right. some of the pepperiness that you get in there had it's sort of barnyard a little yeah uh, a little yeah. reminiscent of that to me and so if you want if you if you're a fan of that Cuban uh, cigar feel but you like a little more um, more interesting um, not not more interesting than a Cuban cigar flavor but more interesting flavors that you wouldn't get in a Cuban mm-hmm. this is a great cigar right because Cubans for. have tendency to be Amazing, but they can sometimes be a bit more straightforward. With it's those a very Cuban, classic, yeah, classic Cuban, very sort classic of flavors, Cuban, yeah. very cigar, you know, straight up cigar flavor. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, Rocky mm-hmm. Patel blended in a number of other flavors on top of that that I think really, really rounded out the cigar. I was super happy with it. I actually am glad I bought both of them because I'm gonna look forward to that to the uh, robusto, yeah. yeah, to the robusto a little later. So how about yourself? What were you smoking? I don't even know. I when I came, I, in, we just started chatting. Well, I chose. Uh, we were both at Casa de Monte Cristo, although I think I got there about uh, three quarters of a beer before you did yes yes uh, uh, but but i had uh, i had chosen out of the humidor the monte cristo espada oscuro and what's interesting about this choice is because you never know like i never know what i'm going to choose when i go in but but i love they've got such a huge selection i can always find something oh i haven't had this or i've had it but maybe i haven't talked about it on the show so something interesting to uh to give some tasting notes on i think late last year or very early this year, I actually reviewed that. Somewhere. Well, I believe you did. And what what was interesting to me after I chose it was that Steve, uh, the manager there, uh, says to me, "Oh, the Espada Oscuro." And then I ran into Ken, when our buddy from Casa de Monte Cristo, and he goes, "Oh, the Espada Oscuro." So it's like, okay, I must be in for something <laughs> interesting here, right? To say the least, because they both kind, both kind of went out of their way to comment. Oh, you chose that one. I, I want to point out if you're looking at the picture of this, uh, uh, if you're watching this online, that is a badass looking cigar. Well, it is, and that picture actually, I I got off the internet because uh, Steve um, was kind enough to uh, clip it for me and use a V cutter. But I forgot to take a picture before he took that bottom band off. So ah. I wanted to show. So I found that picture on the internet to show what that bottom band uh, looked like. But the espada, espada is Spanish for sword. Uh, and by the way, it's not called el espada, but if it were, that would translate to the espada. That's right. So that's okay. you know just There's offering a band that little, called that, right? I think. I think maybe or, or something similar sword, to that. Whatever sword, yeah. But if you're listening um, to him in Spanish, it would be the the espada. espada. Yes, the cigars blended with all Nicaraguan tobacco from the Placencia factory. Uh, it uh, uses a Habana Oscuro wrapper and uh, binder and fillers, all from Nicaragua. The Monte Cristo blending team did the blend, but they went to Placencia and basically were given free reign to choose any of the Placencia tobacco. That they wanted to choose for this, so nice. it was a very interesting uh, concept. Um, 
The pre-light was very promising, a bit of nuttiness and some hay. Uh, Steve V cut it for me, and once the cigar was lit, I got a sense for how rich that the flavors were going to be. There was lots of smoke, and the rich flavors kind of hit immediately. The cigar managed to give both a creamy sweetness and a good bit of spice kind of like right from the start. Some cigars wait until maybe like the second, third or so to start building in complexity. This one did it like from the third or fourth puff, which was very, very interesting. Uh, there was some cedar on the retrohale, uh, some notes of strong black coffee. Uh, it started out medium to full, but by the midway point on this, we can drop the medium and just call it uh, full. I mean, it was a really big cigar. Um, in full Ian style, the ash <laughs> dropped onto my shirt about an inch in. What was interesting is the ash was so solid that I actually scooped it up, scooped it up off my shirt and put it in the ashtray, and it stayed together. Uh, <laughs> that's that's always a little yeah. bit gratifying. Isn't yes, it? yes, absolutely. That's, that's gratifying in that weird way that peeling the plastic off of your new phone. Oh, I is, love you that. know, it's that kind I of feeling. I love yeah. that. Yeah, when, it, when it's just pristine <laughs> underneath, you're like, oh, yeah. Um, the Espada is a 10 to $11 cigar. I'm going to tell you, I thought it was awesome. In fact, I'd go so far as to say I thought it was the best Monte Cristo I've ever smoked that was not blended by someone named A.J. Fernandez. Uh, I'm tempted to penalize its score because the A.J. blends for Monte Cristo are a couple of dollars cheaper. But I enjoyed it so much, I'm actually going to give it a six. It, it Honestly, if you had told me this was a $12 or $13 cigar, I'd have still felt like it lived up to its uh, its price. So the Monte Cristo Espada Oscuro. And by the way, this is a reblending of the Espada. There's an older Espada that I think got great reviews and did really well for them. But this one was reblended a year or so ago uh, using that uh, Placencia tobacco. And nice. they did. They, I didn't know anything did about the older job. one. Did you know anything about that? Uh, I don't recall whether I ever smoked one of those or not, to be honest. Uh, but I do know that it was that this was a reblending uh, that came out because I looked it up on the internet and found oh um, everybody's talking about it being uh, uh, the new version. So uh, by the way, the burn uh, wonderful and and straight line and it was uh, it was just really enjoyable. I, I dug it. So all right, Ian, we've got a lot to cover today, including a list of 100 breweries that were named by RateBeer.com as the 100 best breweries. Plus, we've got our own to throw in there, so we'll get to that. Plus, all the tastings that I mentioned. In fact, we're going to do a little brewery tasting from Spindle Tap in our next segment, so we'll nice. look forward to that. Uh, you are checking out Smoking and Toasting, show number 175. Wow. Halfway to 200. Yep. And no one has stepped in to stop us. Oh, wait, I'm not supposed to say that. We'll be right back. Welcome back, my friends. It's Smoking and Toasting. This is the uh, world famous Smoking and Toasting, all about uh, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. We are proud to have you uh, joining us for show number 175. As we talk about the best breweries in the world, we're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, BB Italia on Memorial in Houston, and BB Lemon on Washington Ave, as well as the Annie Cafe and Bar on Post Oak Boulevard in Houston. If you are, uh, if you live in Houston, check these places out. If you are visiting Houston, put at least one of those on your list yes. of places to go. 
uh, while you were in town. Like, like make those like when you're here for like that one special night. That like I'm right, gonna have a right. good dinner that night. And I'm yeah. going and I'm going to B and B. So, uh, all right, Ian, let's uh, uh, let's jump into this list and then we'll pause and taste some Calavera Lager from uh, Spindle Tap. I love uh, that can, by the way. Rate Beer is a very, very popular uh, beer website online. Yep. Uh, and they have released, uh, they say that they have the most comprehensive ratings and reviews of beers from around the world. They have their own app. Uh, and they're generally thought of as being, you know, very credible, right? Yep. Yep. So this is their list, and we'll jump into it right here. Um <laughs> I love number 100 because I can't pronounce it. Uh, <laughs> it is from uh, Null in Norway. And maybe you can help me here, Ian. Lervig, I think I got the first word right. But here's where I break down. It's A-K-T-I-E-B-R-Y-G-G-E-R-I. Actibrigeri. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I have never had one of their beers. Never. I've never even never, tried to pronounce them never until now. I've heard of it. Uh, but they come in at number uh, 100 from Norway. So put that on your um, put that on your list of things to visit uh, when you're in Norway. When in Norway. Uh, also uh, from outside the United States at 99. Now, I have had uh, some beers from these guys. Brewdog. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Brewdog from Scotland. So there we go. At number 98. Dogfish Head from Milton, Delaware. Dogfish Head Brewery. So that's interesting because I think of Dogfish Head. Dogfish Head as gets ninety-eight pretty elite, and they show up at ninety-eight on this. Like they list. barely make the list. That's yeah. crazy. Uh, that I know. That's that's surprising me a little. Uh, I am not familiar with. Maybe you are from Gilbert, Arizona. Uh, number ninety-seven, the Arizona Wilderness Brewing Company. Never I know you. Well, you know you've had some Arizona beers, so I didn't know. No, I haven't had that know. one. Uh, at ninety-six, the Holy Mountain. Brewing Company from Seattle, Washington. I haven't had any of their beers yet. You know, we do really work at trying to get beers from all, all over, over the, place, yeah. the place in here. Obviously, some states don't have uh, distribution deals inside other states, or they have some states but not everywhere. Like Yangling, for example, you can't get here in Texas, but you can get it in Florida and, and a lot of other places that aren't Pennsylvania. Uh, but uh, Holy Mountain from Seattle is at 96. At 95, La Cumbre Brewing Company from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Not familiar with them Mm-mm. either. I, I'm going to totally admit my ignorance when I don't know these breweries. Uh, Brasserie Oval Brewing Company from Quebec uh, is at number 94. And also from Quebec is the Brasserie du Bas Canada uh, at number 93. So uh, I, you know, we should just road trip to Quebec because I bet there's some there's an amazing craft beer scene because it's such a hip city, right? You know, and you would think, and it's got such a good young adult population. Like you would think that it would be a big deal for uh, the craft brew scene. That'd be fun. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, good. I'm uh, down for that. I'll start saving money. Uh, <laughs> from Bavaria, Germany. At least this is from Bavaria. Uh, the brewery Ayang, A Y I N G, Ayang maybe is the correct pronunciation. Uh, but Ayang, A Y I N G. Oh no, no, I don't know yeah. that one. I was thinking, um, I thought you were saying Ianger, but I, I know Ianger. And then from Athens, Ohio, sounding very like, um, I don't know, less, uh, maybe uh, less wildly brew oriented 
Jackie O's Pub and Brewery from Athens, Ohio. Oh, I mean, yeah. After uh, <laughs> apparently after, they make good yeah, beer. Yeah, apparently they do. Uh, I am familiar with this next one, and it is, as far as I know, and I I, I aired earlier because I said there were no Texas breweries on this list. There is one. Uh, it is the Jester King Brewery from Austin. That's pretty uh, awesome. Coming in at ninety, and that is a very good brewery. Yes, uh, and they they do all kinds of cool stuff. Yes, they do. Yeah. So there's your first ten. We'll go a little bit further. Can, can I pause that? First ten because we finally got uh, uh, someone in the comments telling us their favorite brewery. Absolutely, here. yes. That's just, so who is this? So this is this is Matt Crow. Matt Crow's a friend of mine. Okay. Uh, he's also one of my uh, CCSD brothers, and um, he owns a company that makes salsa, Esteban's salsa. It's very good. Especially he has one that has tea in it. That's really really delicious. We mm-hmm. need to get him on the show mm-hmm. at some point. Um, but he uh, and he always shares our show and everything like that. So thanks uh, very much, Matt, for that. Uh, he put out. He likes uh, his. His, his top lo- five. His top favorites are uh, uh, Spotzel. Of course, they make Spotzel uh, Brewery, which is Shiner. Shiner, right? Right, right. Uh, Brash, Eureka Heights. Oh, Brash is good. Yeah. And then he put a comment. Oh, I thought you were talking about just small breweries. And then he uh, he uh, 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 added an addendum to his list. So he put Ram Brewery, which is Young's, mm-hmm. uh, like Young's Oatmeal Stout and stuff like right. that. Uh, and then uh, Guinness Brewery, of course. Okay, yeah, and yeah. Then he yeah. tossed six out even, there with a the beta. This list. For me, it doesn't even have to be craft. It can be, it can any, be anything you want. Yeah. Any brewery that you think is uh, the best or that made uh, the list. By the way, speaking of the comments, and we would love for you guys to send us your five favorite breweries. Yeah, if put them down in the comments. If you're while on we're Facebook, talking. yeah. Uh, I did get a, a nice check in from uh, our buddy. Um, um, I thought it was from Wiki Brian. Maybe now I've lo- now I've just lost the. If it's uh, got U of H by it, it's it's Brian. Um. Oh, yes. He says, according to the Department of Labor, we talked about uh, a, a, a people being fired, but it was called employee dislocation instead. Right. According to the Department of Labor, a worker is considered dislocated if he or she meets one of the following criteria, has been laid off or received a layoff notice from a job or receives unemployment benefits as a result of being laid off and is unlikely to return to a previous occupation. So, yeah. That's that's basically being fired. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's called being fired. All right, all right. So, uh, so let's do a few more of these. Then we're going to take some spindle tap, and then we'll uh, take a break. Come back and and maybe uh, share some more. I would love for you guys uh, to send us more of these. Um, at number eighty nine, we are familiar with this one, and they are from Oklahoma, Prairie Artisan Ales. You are familiar, yes. Uh, and they make great beer. They make, I think, really. I started to say complicated beers. They, uh, I've never had a prairie artisan ale that was that was like uh, what you might call a normal beer style. It's <laughs> no, always whole bomb series. Yeah, it, uh, it's always something really pretty, yeah, interestingly put together. So uh, I'm glad they made the list, and I would agree with them being on the list. Lawson's finest liquids at number 88 from Waitsfield, Vermont. I don't know Lawson's, but I I feel like I want to. I feel like it's something that I should, should definitely be, try. be getting more uh, familiar with. Uh, at number 87, from Petaluma, California, Lagunitas, which is owned by Heineken. Yeah, but, uh, but they make but they great, make beer. great beer. At number 86, we'll go to 85 for now. At number 86, Abbe Notre Dame de Saint-Rémy, Brasserie Roquefort from Belgium. And I'm sure I murdered that uh, pronunciation, and I apologize. I do my best on these, but yeah, some of them I'm just not that good at. Uh, and at number 85, the Vale Brewing Company. Vale, as in a, a, a bride's Right, bear. right. Uh, out of Richmond, Virginia. So there you go with- uh, okay, We have another uh, fan 
list here from uh, Brian. Okay. From Wiki Brian, he puts up Allagash, Real Ale, and oh. I'm going to go ahead and give a spoiler. Real Ale is not on my list, but it really wanted to be. Oh, interesting. Right? Yeah. So when yeah. I get my list, real just know good. that I wanted Real and Ale. Allagash. Allagash is Allagash, wonderful. I used yeah, to live got... not terribly far from the Allagash Brewery, and it was... A wonderful thing to be close. Well, to. I'm not Let's saying say I'm not saying Wiki Brian's taste in beer is extreme, but uh, the next ones are Unibrow, <laughs> Deschutes, and Russian River. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, see, those are all great breweries, and and at least so far, I love we drinking beer with that guy. We haven't come across. Well, I, can, I can see why. Nothing see is why. ever under like eight percent. Speaking of uh, having fun drinking beer, let's try some Spindle Tap. We had this on Mister Twirly Gig, but you can see the Calavera Lager looks. You know, from from the appearances yeah, of the can, the, looks a little more like a Mexican lager, but this is actually described as Day of the Dead Vienna skull style. There. Is there any kind of a connection between Mexican lager and Vienna style that I'm I just not aware of? No idea that I know of. That's a Wiki Brian question. Mm, mm-hmm. There's not. It's a 4.8 percent by volume. Um, it doesn't taste like a uh, a Mexican lager. It tastes. Much more like a Bavarian or or something along those lines, which would make sense well, for it being fruit. a Vienna. It's got a little yeah. fruit to it. Yeah. Uh, not a lot, but just a, just a hint of it that's mm. really interesting. And not sour either. No, not at all. It's it's very much got that sort of European lager flavor to it in my uh to my taste they buds, put, at least. They put very little information on the can. Yeah. Well, it is 12 fluid ounces. Well, we know and that. And it is yes. 4.8% alcohol. That's right. pretty much all you get. Well, and it's got a very interesting uh, you know, a very interesting picture. But uh, uh, this is, I, this I like is it. crushable. I think it's really good. This is crushable. This has got a nice, bitter, uh, slightly bitter finish that just finishes nice and clean, leaves your, uh, leaves your mouth wanting a little bit more. Yeah, you know, sometimes with the Bavarian lagers or the Vienna lagers, um, sometimes they'll have this great flavor, but the finish is bitter in a way that kind of stays with you and isn't necessarily my favorite kind of bitter. Uh, this does not have that. It finishes super clean. You get some of that flavor in, you know, in the actual on the actual palate when you drink it, but it doesn't necessarily linger with you in that sort of right. like uh skunky malty kind of way. No, you know? no, this uh this right here, I this is this is like the finish on this is perfect for uh for food, I think, uh in general. This would go great with just about anything. I will say, I'm pizza, a, a, you know, a little spoiler on my five list. I really kind of wanted to include these guys and I didn't because I'm such a fan of their five percent ten. Yeah, that's, and a, then, that's a good. Beer. And their other IPAs, you know, as as you might guess, uh, most of the breweries that are on my list make what I consider to be an amazing IPA. Um, you know, that's just where my taste has a tendency to run. Although I love other styles and stuff, but Spindle Tap, these guys have got IPA figured out. They really do. But this is proof that they know how to do other styles and do them well. Well, this is this is probably almost instantly my second favorite beer from them, uh, right behind the Honey Hole. Uh, well, the Honey uh, Hole's ESB, an ESB, yeah. and that, that's a great beer. Yeah, that's really, really that's good. That's a great beer. So Calavera Lager, good, good stuff. Uh, do we have more lists coming in? Uh, I don't have another list yet. Uh, we're, okay. just, we're just there so far. Did you want to catch up a couple more? Well, I tell you what, let's do. Let's take a break now, and we'll uh, come back. We have more tasting to do, so we'll jump into this list. Ian and I will be sharing our personal uh, favorite uh, lists on the show as well. Uh, but let's do a little more tasting. We'll crank out a little more of this list, and we'll uh, be right back. It's smoking and Toasting, and uh, thank you for joining us for show number 175. Awesome. New bumper music.
Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. Hey. So this is kind of fun. The new bumper I like music. That one too. Yeah, that might be fun for the show open. We, are, uh, Adam, make a note. We might try that for the well, well in a subsequent. Uh, a subsequent episode because that could be fun, you know, Come, like coming when it right, right off it's, of that scream. Yeah, the, with the scream doing the well, well yeah, right yeah. there. That's not bad. Uh, welcome back. It's smoking and toast in show number one hundred and seventy-five, which puts us halfway to two hundred. Yep, we're talking about the best breweries in the world, and we are all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. It's appropriate for us to talk about the best breweries in the world since we are the world famous smoking and toast. Hi, mom. Um, and I, I don't know if you guys didn't hear the show. Uh, I don't know. It was like five, six, seven shows ago, <laughs> where we said it. Where I said it was now. I was now okay with using the phrase "world famous" because my mom was actually now aware of the show. My mom doesn't smoke or drink, so when she became aware of it, I was now like, she's just disappointed. We've, we've that's exactly right, and, and we've crossed some mythical line there somewhere. I'm not sure what it was, but uh, we're brought to you by B and B Butchers and Restaurant. Uh, somebody said in the show notes, I think it was Brian who said, uh, "Did someone say bacon?" Uh, actually, no, we didn't, but we should have because bacon. Uh, is bacon at B&B Butchers and Restaurant. Oh, my Man, God. Man, so yeah, good. Yeah, also yeah, at Lemon. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Copeland, by the way, didn't send us a list, but he uh, did uh, send a shout-out to Eureka Heights, and he also said that Lawson's has Sip of Sunshine. Kevin's on the uh, Eureka Heights uh, cycling team with me. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Eureka Heights is awesome. They uh, they also have some great beers. Yeah, another him and his one that, super cool people. Another one that I would love to have included on my list. You know, you and I both made this list of our personal top five. Yes. Was not hard to come up with five. No. Was hard to pare it down. Yes. To five. Yes. Oh my God. I mean, seriously. And this is just this is just nothing more than opinion. This is just like my personal favorites that I look for when I shop and buy whenever I can, but certainly they're not the they're not the only five. So uh, so welcome back to the show. We are doing this list. What started this whole thing was the list from Rate Beer, which uh, when I first went through the list, I thought there's no Texas breweries on this. I was wrong. There was an, an Austin brewery. Uh, uh, Jester, Jester King, King was, on it. Uh, was on there. So that's good. But now as we jump into um, number 84, which is this is where we left off. And of course, this is where we left off because I can't pronounce this either. I'm going to go with Puhala. It's P-O-H-J-A-L-A. And it's located in Estonia, from Tallinn, Estonia. Uh, I'm going to go with that because I don't know anything. It's better. got the um little uh, thing over the O, so I'm, I believe you would pronounce it Puhala, but I could be way off. P O H J A L A with the little uh, squirrely line over the O. At number eighty-three, I can pronounce these guys, and I'm familiar with their uh, beers uh, from Dexter, Michigan. Jolly Pumpkin Artisan Ales. We've had a couple We've of those. Couple. On yes, there. yes, and they're not all. Everything they make isn't pumpkin beer, but they do love their pumpkin. Well, so we had one of their. We, as a matter of fact, we got introduced to them because I think we we're doing a pumpkin. I beer think we we're show. doing a pumpkin beer show. And yes. they, we tried one of their pumpkin mm-hmm. beers, but then mm-hmm. I think we've tried uh, one of their other beers. I'd have one to go back and listen to see which one. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Almanac Beer Company at number eighty-two from San Francisco, California. I know several San Francisco breweries, but I'm not familiar with Almanac. So. No, I don't know that one. Uh, at number eighty-one. The New Glarus uh, Brewing Company from Wisconsin. Yeah. I believe we've had uh, a beer of theirs on the show, and I believe it went over Yeah, yeah, and Glarus well. is good. Uh, De Doily Brewers, or Brewers, in Belgium at number 80. Drake's Brewing Company at 79 mm-hmm. from uh, San Leandro, California. And at number 78, Angry Chair Brewing from Tampa, Florida. And we had an Angry Chair yes, on we here did. at one point. Yes, we did. We and also have had their beer. 
<laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, uh, at uh, at seventy seven uh, LTM Latroy Mousketeers. That's just what I'm calling it. I'm sure it's pronounced differently, but uh, Mosquitares. Uh, it's from Quebec, also. See, I, I'm telling you, we got a road trip to Quebec. It, well, let's do it. That that would be a blast. That's a long trip, but it'd be a blast. Uh, at number seventy six. Uh, from Asheville, North Carolina, Wicked Weed, making this the first AB InBev-owned brewery on the yep. list. But Wicked Weed. Wicked Weed's pretty mighty beer. Yeah, they, they really are. And at number 75, the Half Acre Beer Company in out of Chicago, Illinois. So that's uh, that's where we are on the list uh, so far. That's pretty good. We don't have any uh, uh, any more no, no new beer listener list. lists coming. All right. Well, we hey, are- you guys, put your put your top five uh, uh, top five favorite breweries on here. We're going to list them off and see it, right. how we feel, how everyone else feels about. It. Let's get a conversation going in yep. the comments. Here. If you are on the show uh, on the live feed or on Ian, Ian's watch party on Facebook, please chime in and let's uh, let's see what you got. Uh, we're going to taste another one here, Ian. This is from. A brewery again. Like I would love to have put these on my list because I love their beers. Adroit Theory. This is a really. Oh, that sounded wonderful. Uh, this is a really strong brewery out of uh, Virginia, uh, out of Ventil, Virginia, and they are uh, very, very good with IPAs. Although um, they make a number of different styles, include they've got a stout that is wonderful. Uh, and they are uh, they're very creative, and as you saw from the can artwork, they're also very creative with their can artwork. And can artwork's becoming more and more of a thing if you think about it, uh, especially with the uh, these a lot of these limited release beers. This, for those of you who uh, don't watch and only listen, Josh, um, this has like the classic. <laughs> uh, the classic, what is that? The the Da Vinci, uh, right? The uh, yeah, man. That's the man. The man at the center of the universe, or what, yes. whatever that is called. I, I should know what that's actually called, and I don't. But it's interesting because, like, one side is like an X-ray of the bones, and the other side is uh, muscles overlaid, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's it's pretty cool. I like the can. What does it say on here? Double dry hopped Eldorado Citro, Eldorado Citra, uh, wow. Azaka and Amarillo. It says food pairing slow cooked short ribs with uh, gremolata. Well, yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Let's see cheese. Uh, Mariki Gouda. Oh, Gouda. Yep. Cigar GTO Gold Churchill. Nice. Well, I can tell that's, you that's pretty cool that they actually just they're suggest it's the one of the things I love about uh, Adroit Theories. They always suggest uh, pairings on their cans, and we've had we, this is the maybe the fourth, fifth Adroit Theory beer we've had on the show, and I think we've liked most everything on the nose. This thing is a juice bomb. This I don't is know as but, good an IPA as it gets right here. Wow, that's high praise from you. This is good. It smells floral. Yes. It smells citrus. It finishes with a citrus snap, not a hop bitter. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Uh, none of the none of the uh, resiny bitter. None of that is going on. It finishes with a citrus bitter. It's called We Interrupt just, This Program, by the way, is the name of the It just stops right after you swallow and leaves you with a fruity. You know that uh you know that uh that taste when you just take a sip of orange juice? Mm-hmm. It, it leaves you with that. That sort of citrusy yes. tang to yes. it, not to invoke the name of a powdered orange drink. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, th- Don't this worry, is, there's no astronauts here. This is really quite delicious. This is as good as, as an IPA gets right here. This is really outstanding. Mm. I'm, I'm it's surprised bomb. that I like this as much 
as I do. Juice bomb for sure. Adroit theory. We interrupt this program. That's and because it. it doesn't leave your mouth with that super bitter hoppiness mm -hmm. or any of that resiny bitterness or pine cone, I can see why it goes well with a cigar. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, and I'm assuming that the GTO, I don't know this cigar, uh, the GTO Gold Churchill, I'm assuming any cigar called gold is usually on the Usually on the lighter mild, side. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because it's a lighter colored cigar and it's uh, like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm usually I'm assuming that's kind of on the milder side, and I could see this working with it because it's not going to interrupt the flavors and it's not bitter right. enough to, uh, to 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 really uh, uh, go against the flavors of a cigar. I would I would describe it as being kind of like Frosted Lucky Charms. How do you feel about this? It's magically delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. No, this is really really good. Now I will say that at this point in my uh, beer tasting journey. I've tried a number of really juicy IPAs, and this definitely ranks right up there with any of them that I've had. I mean, it, it, it's really delicious. It's getting, it's getting, to be honest, a little hard for me to say, okay, this one is the best, or this one is you know, one of the two or three best. I've had enough of them now that have been great. It's like, but is it better than uh, indigenous? Like, is it or ingenious? Rather, is it better than um, you know uh, some of the bare bottle stuff? It's like it's so good. So I have a couple things to say here. First off, my uh, nephew has uh, clocked on here and mentioned that that's the Vitruvian Man mm. on mm. there, and I couldn't come up with the name. So oh, thank you thank for that you. save. I, yeah, yeah, I'm such an idiot. Uh, thank you for that save, Kevin. Um, this IPA is as good as uh, is as good as Stone. It's so it's balanced. very different, though, from a stone IPA. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know? but it's very balanced. It's that kind of good. It's like that top level. This is good like um, like the 90-minute IPA is good. It's incredibly balanced. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, throwing yeah, this, no. I'm throwing this in there with the best IPAs that I know. Well, This is like, this is like a beefed-up, juicy, uh, citrusy version of, of um, like, Bell's Too Hard at Ale. Mark this it is, down, people. Halfway to show I'm number two hundred at one seventy five. I've brought in an IPA that Ian is raving about. That's this that's is a big deal. Outstanding. That's a big deal. It is quite good. Find it, grab it if you can. Adroit theory. Uh, we interrupt this program. I'm so happy I brought that in. Like uh, it's, I'm so happy. Yeah, that's it's delicious. All right, this is really good. All right, I tell you what. Let's do. Let's go ahead and take another break because we have a lot to talk about and a lot to share. We still have our own. Uh, personal uh, list, but we want to change gears a little bit and try some te uh, some tequila in our next segment. We have an extra añejo from Joel Ricard. Joel Ricard, I believe we've had their rum on the show before, one of their rums on the show before, but this is a tequila, so it'll be very interesting uh, to see how these guys oh, do in the tequila realm. What Let is me he called? put that the, up on the twirly gig. What is he called? The, uh, the Vitruvian Man. The Vitruvian Man. All right. All right. So we'll be back with Tequila Time, and uh, we're getting very close to Ian uh, revealing his top five personal favorite best breweries. So I'm excited about hearing yours. Oh, when you said I had to reveal, I yeah. thought you were talking about something else. No. Uh, we, we are not getting close to that and probably <laughs> will not be getting close to that. Uh, but we will be right back. It's Smoking and Toasting.
Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 175. Uh, as we do the program all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, we are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Bacon, bacon, bacon. bacon. Uh, and uh, by the way, we're going to be at B&B in several weeks. Uh, the show that is- I can hardly contain myself. The show that is right before St. Patrick's Day- um, we are going to get together with our buddy Jeremiah there at B&B and do some Irish whiskey tasting for St. Pat's Day. Oh, you know who else is going to be there? Yes. I think we're going to have another guest, too. Yes, we are. We're going to have some cigars. Yes. We're going to have Oliva. Trenton yes. from Oliva is going to Trenton from on. Oliva. Yep. We haven't seen Trenton in so long. Uh, the last time we saw him, we weren't even doing video yet, I think. I think that's right, yes, when he came on the show. Yes, we were out at the Man Cave, which has been now right. a couple years a yeah. different it hasn't name. Hasn't even been the Man Cave hasn't in a long time. Hasn't even been time. the Man yes. Cave, right? Uh, and this is this was uh, one of the early shows where uh, Alan Denny. It was his second time on the show because yes. the first time on the show was while we were doing a Cigars of the World event, the That's very right. first event. A uh, Whiskeys of the World. Whisk- yeah. Sorry, Whiskeys of the yep. World event, and he uh, and the Man Cave were sponsoring the uh, cigars there. Um, so it's interesting because that ties way back. He was one of our one of our early cigar. Uh, Yes. Reps that came onto the show, and if you think about it, going all the way back to that show, uh, and Alan Denny, who's gone on to be a friend of the show and a guy that no one cares about. That's right. That's so, right. Uh, and we'll be looking forward to having uh, Alan. Also, and, and, and Alan, I've, I'm going to be sending you an official invitation to this, so please don't feel like I've uh, like I'm just committing you to it on the show. But if Alan can make it, coming up in several weeks, uh, we're going to be having Alan as well as uh, Chris Hart, another. A uh, guy that no one cares about. Uh, we're gonna be having both of them on the show and doing a little whiskey blind taste test. Whiskey blind. Taste Doesn't that test. sound like fun? It does sound like uh, fun. I'm, yeah. See, uh, when when we thought about doing it, I was like, that sounds like fun. Let's do it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a great it. idea. So, speaking of uh, speaking of tasting, uh, we're gonna jump into some tequila here in a moment, and maybe Ian, you can do a little pouring while I go back to our list. And revealed the next, uh, where do we leave off? Oh, yes, the Half Acre Beer Company out of Chicago, Illinois, at number 75 was where we stopped. So now we'll jump into, uh, let's do a big chunk of this list here. At 74, Avery Brewing Company uh, from uh, Boulder, Colorado. These guys were just I can get behind that. if you remember, but they have been a wonderful craft brewery for quite some time and will continue, I think, to make great beer. Out of Seattle, Fremont Brewing Company. We've had some of their beers on the show. Uh, they are... Uh, um, they are a really, a really solid brewery. Bellwoods Brewery out of Toronto. Are you familiar with Bellwoods? Mm-mm, Ian, this is a new one to me, so very interesting. From uh, Berkshire, England, Siren Craft Brew. Oh, I so feel a road trip coming. That, that wouldn't even be a road trip. That'd be a like uh, ocean trip. Um, at number seventy. From Anaheim, Bottle Logic. We've had uh, one of Bottle Logic's mm-hmm. beers on the show before. And at number 69, I'm so glad that this one made the list, uh, Ballast Point Brewing Company out of San Diego. Those guys, and we had, now, uh, the rep that we had on from those guys does not work with them anymore, but uh, we had Ballast Point on the show mm-hmm. really pretty early in the history of the show. Yeah, yeah. And man, those guys can make some IPAs. Agreed. I mean, Seriously. They just make great IPAs. And their IPAs are very different, too. They're not like your standard run-of-the-mill sort of IPAs. But they do great sours. They do a great stout. They're a, they're a wonderful brewery. Crooked Stave Artisan Beer Project out of Denver at 68. Method Goat out of Belgium at 67. 
Out of Miami, Florida, Jay Wakefield Brewing comes in at 66. I'm, I'm I'm not familiar with Jay Wakefield. I, there's a lot of these. 66 that I is a know. pretty high number for it to not be a brewery that I've actually heard right. of. Not that I'm supposed to know everything, but you just would think that you're already drinking tequila. I am. <laughs> All right. That's research. I understand. I'm still listening. Uh, like, uh, I actually can, can drink tequila and listen to you. Jay Wakefield time. is at 66. Uh, Amager Brigus out of Denmark is at 65. Again, apologize for. Me butchering some of these pronunciations here. I'm doing my best. Uh, Surly Brewing Company out of Minneapolis at 64. Out of Stockholm, Sweden, Omnipolo, or Omnipollo, if you pronounce it the way we would pronounce it here in Texas, uh, at 63. Casey Brewing and Blending out of Glenwood Springs at 62. Out of Portland, Oregon, Hair of the Dog Brewing Company at 61. I, <laughs> I love the name of Hair of the Dog, yep. And uh, Hansa Borg out of Norway at 60. Now, we've got quite a bit of the list left. But you're already jumping in ahead of me on the tequila, so I'm I'm, I'm a little tequila distracted right now. Uh, well, this, this I feel like is, I'm not the first person to taste this bottle. Well, you might be right. <laughs> you might be right. Because um, I'm picturing you coming home with a brand new bottle and not dude, opening it till the show. Dude, this no. is the thing. I went out. I was at Specs in uh, uh, Midtown Houston, uh, saw this bottle, decided that's the one I was going to get for us to taste on the show. It is so hard to bring that home, set it out on the counter, and not open it up for an initial You toast. are- I try to. First off, you're a real person. Yeah. Okay, whether you realize this or not, you're a real person, and as a real person, when you bring home a new toy, you want to play with it. Indeed. And that includes, like, that includes anything you bring home that you have to unwrap or open. Right. Right? Plus- So that doesn't include clothes, because generally you don't have to unwrap or open them. Right. Unless they're socks, but right. whatever. Uh, but but it does include bottles of whiskey, and and you know particularly when it's tequila or rum, because my wife loves both tequila and rum. Right? She'll drink whiskey, but she loves tequila and rum. So when I bring that home, I'm like, oh man, she's coming home from work. We could like uh, we could taste it. We could do a little <laughs> toast. It would be awesome. Yeah, it's hard. So yes, I have been into this one before, but I'm very curious to know what you think. I. Uh, I love this on the nose. This this is an extra añejo, which is the most aged iteration of tequila. But I think to be an extra añejo, it only has to be three years. So uh, so tequila doesn't age for as long as some of the whiskeys and, and some of the other spirits. Uh, talk to me, Ian, about your taste buds and your palate and what they're telling you about the Joel So Ricard first off, extra añejo. The nose on this... Um Mm. Is striking. It's not what you expect. It, it smells like tequila, but there are other elements in there that you don't exactly expect. Um, there's a sweetness um, to the nose that that I don't usually connect with uh, with uh, um, tequila. The flavor of this, though, the flavor of this is super striking because it it comes across with pepper, mm-hmm. like like a swipe of pepper right across the palate and then that immediately goes away and then you get this this uh uh, uh, uh vanilla vanilla and maple is and what I'm maple out of yeah, yeah I would go with but I couldn't quite think what else but maple makes sense to me but the vanilla is so strong and then it finishes like a really super clean mineral water like mm-hmm. it finishes like avion or 
like one of those, like you know that that nice mineral water. Mm-hmm. You're right. The, you the, in your mouth. The, a minerality that you would be more likely to associate with maybe uh, whiskey. Yes. Yeah, but but here it is in a this, tequila. It's right here at the end of this, and it leaves, and there's barely barely heat. The heat that it does have comes on slightly early, and it's just heat. It's not burn. It's just heat. Yeah. It comes on slightly early, and then rolls off, and then just barely hangs around in the aftertaste. The flavor profile is different, but it reminds me of the Skelly, which is one of our all-time favorite tequilas, in the way that it goes down so smooth. I'm amazed at how thin the mouthfeel is on this. Agreed, And, and yes. I don't mean that in a bad way. It just is what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a lot thinner than you'd think. Um, right. You would be expecting, given the level of flavor that this has, yeah. you would be expecting a more viscous kind of a, a feel uh, when it's in, when it's on your tongue. But uh, I mean, it's got a little bit of oiliness to it, but it's not a lot. So overall, your your take? It's delicious. It's... um. The pepperiness really attracts me to this, you know, because mm-hmm. it's such a good pepper. Like, when I say pepper, I don't mean pepper like it just burns the palate pepper, but I mean pepper as in, like, a good cream gravy with pepper right. flavor. Kind of a you black know, like pepper. Like black a, pepper yeah. flavor. But it's not like uh, like the Hornitos Añejo, which is a very inexpensive Añejo tequila. Mm. But it is a pepper bomb. I mean, it is just black pepper everywhere. This is not that intense. It's more understated but yet it's there it's it's kind of the first thing that hits your palate is that there's a little caramel in there too i think probably from the barrel aging that happens it's really really nice Mm. so you don't you're not taking this bottle home today are you why would i do that i'm just wondering yeah (laughs) i'm curious if there's going to be anything left in the bottle for me man it's really 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 it really is good but a wonderful sipping tequila and you know again don't buy this and, and mix margaritas with it because that's just a waste of wonderful sipping tequila. I'm sure. It'd make I mean, great I would margaritas. love, I would love to taste this with some, you know, lime and salt. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I like that it just keeps going. <laughs> it does, that only a little bit longer going, than it should, but it's so tinny <laughs> that it almost like brings to mind a, a you know an. Very early black and white sitcom yeah. when they first started using audiences. To, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, uh, this is delicious. I mean, it's uh, I want to say it's about an eighty to ninety dollar bottle, so it's not inexpensive. That's that's but, really pricey for tequila, but it's also not. I mean, a La Familia, which is you know my very favorite tequila in the world. Right, yeah, it's, yeah, it's in the hundred and fifty range. Yeah. So so it's still not quite there. So yes, it is a little pricey for a bottle of tequila. More pricey than the Skelly, but I think it may be a step above. I don't know. Uh, you're going to have to bring the Skelly again to prove that, because the Skelly is so smooth. This though has this this has I think a little more complexity than the Skelly. My friend, you know what's in your future? The more I try this, yeah, like there's a little cinnamon in right. there. Right, it does have more complexity. You're right. Uh, the Skelly is wonderfully complex, but this is even more so. You know what's in your future? My what's friend? that? A tequila blind taste test. Oh. Uh-huh. I see what you did. You thought of whiskey blind taste test. Yes. And then you're seeing how we can expand this idea. See, this is this is what I love to do. It's it's We're gonna blind taste test everything. I love to taste test. That's what I love nice. to do. <laughs> Coming up next, All right. rubber band blind yes. taste test. All right. We've got more of this list <laughs> to knock out. Or is it yeah. that weird gummy yes. color? We've got more of this list to knock out and we've got our personal top fives. Uh, and anybody else, you've still got time to get them in if you want to send them on the show notes. You the list of your 
five favorite breweries. Even, even if you don't have five, if you want to send one or two, that's fine. Yeah, somebody uh, throw out send some us five. The breweries yeah. out there. Yeah, because there are some great ones out there. They're not all going to make this list, I promise you. And so we would love to hear from you about your list. Yeah, real ale. That was a, that was a yeah. very thoughtful addition. Very much. All right, we'll be right back at Smoking and Toasting. And this is show number 175. Halfway to 200. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. This is the uh, radio program and podcast that is all about uh, crappier, fine spirits and, and hand-rolled today. cigars and tequila today. We are both still just completely loving on this tequila. This is wonderful. I wish all of you could taste this with me. And I, and if you were here, you would. Uh, That's right. Yeah. So looking uh, looking very much forward to, uh, you know, at some point we got to do the show with a live audience and we can just like pass out drinks to everybody. Wouldn't that be uh, awesome? We have a brewery shout out yeah. here from Bruce uh, Stark. He says Brewery Becker in Brighton. Brewery Becker. I'm not familiar with Brewery Becker. Do you know? He no, says it's no. six blocks from his house. So uh, that's uh, got to be nice. That, you know, if I had a brewery six blocks from my house, I'd probably be, it'd probably be one of my favorites. Too. My man uh, Todd Newton is watching. Todd is in Arizona. Todd, send us a list of some good Arizona breweries that we should check out. Uh, Todd, by the way, is the man. He is the man. We'll I'll tell you about his. Wonderfulness later. Right now, I got to blaze through some more. Tell of this him to list. stop keeping me down. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's that kind of guy. You know, <laughs> he's that kind of guy. Uh, at number fifty-nine, uh, the uh, the Garage Project Brewery in Wellington, New Zealand. Uh, that would be a road trip. I, I've always wanted to go to New Zealand. Never have. Now that I know, I feel the like if you did a project, road trip to New Zealand, yeah, you probably wouldn't make it. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Cantillon in Belgium is uh, number fifty-eight. At number fifty-seven, Anchorage Brewing Company in Anchorage, Alaska. We've had a number of their beers on. That is a rocking, mm-hmm. rocking brewery. Uh, speaking of rocking breweries, uh, from Placentia, California, at number fifty-six, the brewery, which is the, the one that's spelled B R U E. E-R-Y. They're so Those good. guys know what's going on. Yes. That's a great one. Totally uh, totally uh, agree with that. Suarez Family Brewery in Livingston, New York at 55. Northern Monk Brew Company in Yorkshire, England at 54. And at number 53, we're going to try one in this segment, Boulevard Brewing out of Kansas City, Missouri. It was worth the. It was worth the delay. The delay. <laughs> it was worth the delay. Uh, Boulevard is uh, a, a brewery. We've we've had a number of their beers on the show uh, before. I mean, we've done. We're halfway to two hundred. We're at show number one seventy five. That's right. That's right. Uh, and uh, uh, but we've never tried their uh, their plaid habit. Uh, tell me about this plaid beer, habit. Doesn't that sound awesome? Look at look at the uh, yeah. So first off, it's it's got the r- classic red plaid and it just says plaid habit. Well, you've heard of bad breweries. habit. This is plaid habit. Right, right. This is Canadian whiskey barrel aged imperial brown. Every syllable of that sounds delicious. That sounds to like me. you're kind of a beer, doesn't it? Very much, mm-hmm. very much. Uh, Spoiler alert: twelve point five percent. This is why we saved this for last. Even though it's a smaller bottle, this is going to have some. Uh, and you know how a lot of beers heft. boast like the the seventy five IBUs, one hundred and seventy eight mm-hmm. IBUs. Mm-hmm. This one has thirteen of them. <laughs> thirteen international bittering units. Wonderful. Well, we'll check it out uh, while Ian's opening that and doing the pouring. I'm going to blaze through some more of this list. Uh, we talked about uh, Boulevard at 53. At 52 is uh, Kuhnen Brewing 
out of Warren, Michigan. That's K-U-H-N-H-E-N-N. Kunin. Uh, Brasserie de la Seine out of Belgium at 51. Cellar Maker Brewing out of uh, San Francisco at number 50. So now we're into the top 50, Ian. 49 is Deschutes out of uh, Bend, Oregon. Ah, that uh, was on Brian's list. Yep. Broar Pinta out of Poland at 48. Uh, Abdij St. Sixtus uh, out of Belgium at 47. At number 46, I'm thrilled to see these guys make the list. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company out of Chico, California. Yeah, Sierra Nevada. Love those guys. Magic Rock Brewing out of uh, Yorkshire, England at 45. Wylam Brewery out of Newcastle-upon-Tyne in uh, England uh, at 44. At number 43, we've had a number of these guys' beers on the show. They're the ones with the really long names. Evil Twin <laughs> Brewing Evil Twin, out of right. Queens, New York. Yeah, they're the ones that had... I'm not going to get it right, but it was uh, uh, about the feeling that I get when I'm standing in line behind someone who wants to swipe on the subway and they don't know how to swipe. That's right. It was something like that. That they was the name of the beer. something about staying in a hotel room over Christmas and blah, blah, blah. Right. <laughs> yes, yes. Like their names are so long that you're yeah, never going to remember yeah. them, but they're hilarious. Brewery Omegang out of Cooperstown, uh, New York at 42. I have one of those in the fridge. We'll have to bring that in uh, and sample it very soon. Um uh, so I have no idea how to pronounce this brewery name. Out of Copenhagen, Denmark, uh, it's two zero one T O, and then zero one with the slash through the zero. So I have no idea how you even say that. No idea. But they're from Denmark, and people in Denmark like to drink beer, so that's a good thing. At forty, Funky Buddha out of uh, uh, Oakland Park, uh, I like some Florida. Funky Buddha. They are owned by Constellation Brands now, but they uh, still make the list. Other Half Brewing out of Brooklyn at 39. At 38, Three Floyds out of Munster, Indiana. Yep. Those guys can make them some beer. At 37, Russian River Brewing out of Santa Rosa, That's the second California. off of Brian's list. Yeah, yeah. So Brian, uh, Brian did a pretty good no- job nailing it. At 36, Stone Brewing out of Escondido, California. That's one I wanted to put on my list too. Yep. But I didn't yeah, see, it. I wanted to get them on my and, and they didn't make it, which is really, oh man, I've had so many great Stone IPAs over the years, yep. very different IPAs. It was one of the early that that brewery right there is one of the ones where when I was just like exploring beer, they were one of the bigger, better beers that I had tried, and I just became yes. a fanboy of theirs because their beers were so balanced and full, and, and in a in a land of east coast versus west coast ipas and everyone's making their stuff too hoppy and bitter in the first place their stuff is always balanced but their stuff is very hoppy but yet the balance, the balance they achieve yes, is, is, is really amazing so stone at number 35 thumbs up for that uh monkish at 35 out of torrance california and at number 34 i believe this was also on brian's list Allagash Brewing Company mm-hmm. out of Portland, Maine. So Brian like nailed uh, ones that are on this list on his top five. Very you should have just had him make the list. I think so. I think so. Brasserie Dunham from Quebec at thirty three. Fuller's Brewery out of London. They're owned by the Asahi uh, uh, Company. Uh, Brewers Three Fontaine out of Belgium at thirty one. And at number thirty, and we'll pause and do a tasting now. Alpine Beer Company out of Alpine, California. So twenty nine to go, Ian, and then our our go. personal uh, faves. And I will say throughout this segment so far, I've been finishing up my tequila. <laughs> You've this been is, drinking tequila this instead is of beer. So wonderful, but I have not started on the beer yet. So let's uh, let's start with you. This is the Plaid Habit from Boulevard. There are things that I love about this beer, and there's one thing that I don't quite love about this beer. Okay, but it does, it's me. not a deal breaker. First off. 
Nose wise, it's not as present as I thought it would be. Um, oh, you're right. I mean, you can get a little bit of that sort of barley wine. But then again, it's sort a brown nose, ale. But it's a brown, yes. It's not, you know, stout. It's not a porter. Right. It's a brown and ale. And it's so probably it's not going to have the mouthfeel of those beers. That's the other one thing that I would expect it to have a little more was mouthfeel. But now, again, it's not a deal breaker. But it's a brown ale. And that's why. If you think I will about, tell you. If you think about browns that you have tried and enjoyed, they probably don't have the big mouthfeel of a barley wine or an imperial stout. I cheer for them year after year, and they let me down. <laughs> oh, sorry, that was a sports. They let a lot of people <laughs> down, trust me. Uh, shout out to Steve and Meg, my buddy Steve, <laughs> who uh, works here in this uh, little studio complex. His wife is a lifelong Browns fan, or as, <laughs> or as we like to say, a glutton for punishment. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, um, so let me go ahead and tell you the list of stuff that I love. First off, I love the name. Plaid Habit is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I love the flavor. This is, when I said it was 13 IBUs, there's nothing bitter about this beer at all. This beer is so sweet and so delicious. Like, I could drink this so much. I love that it's, what is it? 12 and a half or 12.5 yeah. or whatever it is, yeah. It's It's got a it great sort of booziness it to it. It drinks a little boozy, but it's yeah. not, it, it doesn't like slap you across the face with it. Mm-hmm. I love the absolute lack of carbonation. There's just barely carbonated. Okay, so we've complained actually a little bit recently about some of the, um, even some of the uh, the beers that we've tried that are the uh, American style uh, of the barley wine. Yeah, that are just too carbonated. Yeah, it detracts from the enjoyment of carbonation. The beer. Does. Oh, it's great Add in certain places. Certain yes, yes, absolutely. Like, absolutely. you don't want to drink a Mexican lager uncarbonated. No, no Man, absolutely not. weird. Absolutely not. And uh, IPAs uh, is a good example of sometimes it's great, sometimes it's too much. It can really, I think, dis- distract from the sort of hoppiness and the floralness of an IPA if you get it too carbonated. But if you get an IPA that's too flat, it's not good either. This so, right here... My mom makes a cake called a mocha cake. Have you ever had one of these things? Mm, mm. Um, I don't. I don't. Well, I think I know what it would taste like. I don't but. know what it really is, but it tastes like this. Uh, it's this has this molasses, this super dark molasses. I'm going to tell you, I love this beer. This is so good. I think this is delicious. And, uh, and I can drink this you. way faster than it's oh, twelve point. Yes. Then a twelve point five would uh, twelve point five percent yeah. deserves. Yeah, yes. no, you're absolutely right. This should be sipped, but it could be almost crushed, and that would be dangerous. Oh yeah, this yeah. is so good. This yeah. is, I mean, it's delicious, Ian. It's a lot of things that I love, and if you look closely in the bottom of your glass, you'll notice it's a little chunky too, there, buddy. I'm looking at the bottom of my glass, and I don't see really much of oh, anything. Oh, let me show you what I got here. I, th- I think I think there's something wrong with my beer because. Are there yeah. chunks in there? There are chunks in this beer, oh, sir. Oh, man. See, I was liking it. <laughs> Would you like some more? I, I don't know if I want chunky beer, but yes, I'll take some more. Let me swirl it All around right. and get the While chunks While you up swirl there, it right? around and get some chunks for me, uh, let's hit number 29 on the break beer list. Jack's Abbey Brewing out of Framingham, Massachusetts. Um, that didn't exist when I lived in uh, Massachusetts, but I've heard good things about Jack's Abbey. I've not had their beer. Buxton Brewery in England uh, at 28. Mickler San Diego at uh, number 27. The main beer company out of Freeport, Maine at 26. Now, I will tell you, I so agree with this. These guys are like specialty beer specialists, which is 
horrible grammar, but specialty it's a thing. Specialty beer specialist. Yeah, but it's a thing. They specialize they're, in being specialty beer specialists. Yes, that's right. That's it's they're pretty, especially special at being specialized. It, it's a in really, it's a really beers. special thing. Yes, uh, <laughs> but they are they are awesome. I love Maine Beer Company. We've had a couple of their beers on the show, and they've been fantastic. I've got a few sitting in my beer closet that I'm very excited about getting to. Uh, the Verdant Brewing Company out of Falmouth, England. Uh, Goose Island comes in at 24. Now, I agree with Goose Island being on the list. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, their Bourbon County Stout would put them on this list. Let's let's go ahead and air this out right now. But because there's, there's been some disappointments with Goose Island. Like, their IPA is not as good as it used to be, right? True, but let's go ahead and air a few things out. First okay. off, as far as best breweries go, we're going to have to have, if you're doing a list of 100, we're going to have to have some breweries on there that are now owned by AB InBev. Sure. And I am not going to come on here and say that they all make bad beer, because that's no, not going to no. be true. Okay? All right. I will come on here and say that when I can avoid putting money in AB InBev's pocket, I do. Yeah. Like, that is my stance on it. And yes, it's a little snobby. I get it. But I really just do. Like, But wouldn't it be so much better to give it to an independent brewer? Yes. To give your money to them? That's my thought, is I would rather spend my money towards an independent brewer than right. AB InBev. And it's mostly it's it's not even because oh well it's a huge corporation you must hate it no it's because I've read and I've heard about all the underhanded tactics that they do their bully campaign on their uh, commercials drives me nuts like I don't want to support that well and I will tell you that Goose Island IPA used to be better than it is today I don't know why I don't know how but I used to think it was a really really good IPA. And today I think it's okay. You know, so and that's just one example. There's a number of other beers that they make that I've heard and read kind of the same thing about that, you know, they're not bad beer by any means. They're just they just taste a little more mass produced, if that's a yep. thing. Nope. All right, so I that's at twenty four. At number twenty three, I believe you may have heard of this brewery, Mr. Ian uh, Bell's Brewery. I have at heard 23, of that brewery. Out of Comstock, Michigan, at twenty three. Tired Hands Brewing out of Ardmore, Pennsylvania. I believe we've had one of their uh, beers on the show, and Ardmore, uh, really right around the corner from where I used to live uh, in Pennsylvania. Uh, San Diego, California's Modern Times Beer at twenty one. So here at twenty one is a brewery. I'm completely unfamiliar with. Mm -hmm. Like again, not that I'm supposed to know, but how do you make it to 21? You're and an I have Don't you have a show about beer? Uh, I'm just you know. <laughs> My dad used to say, "An X is a has been, and a spurt is a squirt under pressure." So uh, there, that's what an expert winds up being. Uh, at number 20. From Akron, Ohio, the Hoppin' Frog Brewery. At least I've heard of right, Hoppin' right, Frog. Yeah. I haven't had any of their beers, but I've heard of them. Uh, Cycle Brewing uh, from St. Petersburg, Florida at number 19. Destruce Brewers uh, out of Belgium at number 18. Brasserie du Ciel, Brasserie du, du Ciel out of uh, Quebec at 17. Crazy that it's this high on the list, and yeah. like I'm not, not familiar know, with. yeah, not familiar with. Uh, Mikkeler out of uh, Copenhagen, oh, Denmark, yeah. at number sixteen. Uh, Swinkles Family Brewers out of the Never Netherlands, heard of that at fifteen. At fourteen, oh, we've had these guys' beers. Toppling Goliath Brewing Company, oh yeah, out of Iowa. Uh, crazy. There's not much to do in Iowa, 
But if I'm ever there, but I'm got top going Goliath. to Toppling yeah. Goliath because uh, those guys got it going well, on. They're compensating for something. Point, uh, point, uh, Port Brewing Company slash the Lost Abbey out of San Marcos, California. Yes, we've had the Lost yes. Abbey uh, before. Yes. Very, very good. Degard Brewing out of Tillamook, Oregon. I don't think we've had a De- Degard so. beer. They make great no. cheese in Tillamook. <laughs> the Colonel, K E R N E L, the Colonel Brewery out of uh, London, England, at number eleven. At number ten, wow. This is a huge showing for this brewery, and I love these guys, and I really wanted to fit them into my top five, and I didn't. Firestone Walker Brewing Company. Firestone Walker is good. Make, uh, those guys make yeah. their, uh, their what is it, the 805. Thank you. Uh, that's one of the so best lager, just, just straightforward mm-hmm. lagers ever, and their IPA series is, is beyond belief. Very, very good stuff. Uh, Sante Adarius Rustic Ales out of Capitola, uh, California, at number nine. Cloudwater Brew Company out of Manchester, England, uh, at number eight. At number seven, Ian, I'm so proud of these guys for ranking this high on this list. Founders Brewing Company out of Grand Rapids, Yeah, buddy. Those guys have got it going on. I'm a fan. I am a fan. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a fan. I believe I do. Alesmith Brewing Company at number six. Alesmith is Alesmith out of San Diego, California. Speedway Stout. Their their barley wine is so good. It's all really good. All right, so now we're into the top five of the rate beer list. At number five, Cigar City Brewing, out of Tampa, Florida. Wow. Like I, they're good. I love these guys. They're good. Their brown ale, their Maduro is and, so good. And the highlight, oh my the god, it's so good. And yeah. the guy Barra, yeah, uh, it's, this is all great beer. I don't know if I'd have put them in the top five. I love them, but I don't know if I'd put them in the top. five. I'm assuming everyone quit watching this show right now because oh, no one has put up their top five lists. Either that, or we just got. Uh, uh, Brian does say that Bra- uh, Brasserie du de Ciel has great beers. I may have a couple I can share with you. Well, bring it. <laughs> Dude, Brian, come on the show. Yeah, All you got to do is get a Thursday off. You you are consider yourself invited. Come Absolutely. In, come in for our whiskey blind taste test. That'll be fun. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. That, Dude, Brian fun. would be most fun at that or at the, uh, at the uh, B&B. At the B&B. Uh, well, he's invited to that as well. Uh, at number four, out of Charlton, Massachusetts, Treehouse Brewing Company. I'm familiar with familiar the with name, yeah, but I don't think I've had yeah. any of their beers. They're number four on this. At three, also out of Massachusetts, Trillium Brewing Company out of Boston. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I, I at least know the name. I just don't, I don't know, know their beers. Uh, out of Maplewood, Missouri, number two. Side Project Brewing. We've had a few of those. Yes, we have, sure. and yes. they've been good. Yeah. They've been good. And at number one, you heard you heard a lot about this brewery this year, out of Greensboro, Vermont, Hill Farmstead Brewery. So these guys make a lot of those, you know, like table table beers. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Uh, the uh, farmhouse ales. So there you go. That's the list. I I felt like their top five was a bit underwhelming, to be honest with you. Some of my favorite beers, some of my favorite breweries that are on their list are further down. I, I, again, it's just me. Ian, we have a choice to make here. We've sampled our beers. We've wrapped up the segments of the show regarding the rape beer. Do we want to put your list and my list in the bonus segment? Let's do it. 
All right, so we're going to wrap up the show here uh, because we're trying to bring the show in at closer to an hour. But we're happy to do a bonus segment, so we'll come back at the bonus segment. We'll still be drinking the uh, 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 the uh, Boulevard Plaid. Uh, what is it, Plaid? Uh, I'm waiting for the Mr. Twirly Geek to turn it around so I can oh, see. Oh no, it's Plaid, Plaid Habit. Habit. Thank you. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. Maybe it was the tequila. Um, but in any case, we'll continue to drink this, and we'll be back in our in our bonus segment. Uh, Ian and I will reveal our top five uh, personal breweries. And anybody else that wants to send one in, you got a moment here, do it now. It's uh, the comments under the uh, Facebook. Yeah. So, Ian, it's been a great show. Thank you very much. Back for the bonus segment uh, in just a moment. And for everybody that is wrapping it up with this one, uh, cheers. We love you guys. We have just publicly invited Brian on the show. Now he has to come out. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs>